Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So about 70% of Albertans, or at least of eligible voters, voted in the uh, April 16th election, which is the highest it's been in some time. But clearly there were those who made the decision not to vote. Now, there were those who, who suggest that voting should be mandatory. I don't agree with that, although it is, it is mandatory in other countries. I even considered not voting in this election, but ultimately I did because I, I kind of felt like I should. Right. And so I, I think even those who oppose mandatory voting do view it as almost like a kind of obligation or your your civic duty. After all, if, if nobody voted, where would that leave us? So what is the argument in favor of not voting? How should we view people who choose not to vote? Really interesting piece this week in the National Post in defense of not voting. Colby Kosh, Edmonton-based columnist for the National Post, nationalpost.com, wrote the piece and joins us on the line here this afternoon. Colby, how are you doing? I'm terrific. How are things in Calgary? Things are great. Uh, Colby, uh, what's been the reaction, by the way, uh, since this uh, ran yesterday? Uh, it's a modest reaction. There's been a couple of, uh, I guess you would call them indignant, uh, pieces of uh, correspondence, um, people expressing... Well, the view you'd expect that uh, voting is a positive duty, that you're somehow betraying democracy if you choose not to vote. Um, sort of the, the same view that you articulated. I'm hearing it from other people. But uh, uh, the column has not been... Uh, the column has not been a, a huge hit. It has not gotten me in a lot of trouble yet. Maybe starting out. <laughs> we'll see. But it's interesting. And, you know, my colleague here, Joe McFarlane, who used to be the news director, he felt as, as news director, as a journalist, that maybe he shouldn't vote just to, to maintain some objectivity. And now that he's a, a talk show host, he voted for the first time in, in a while. But for you, this isn't any kind of professional duty that you see to somehow stay neutral or stay objective. That, that's not why you don't vote. No, and uh, part of the, I mean, the main reason for writing the column was to make it clear what my position is. I personally uh, agree with the view that some journalists grope towards, or almost have, some of them may agree with it, that not voting makes my job a little easier. It makes it easier for me to be more objective going forward. You know, uh, my position as a newspaper columnist is to uh, assess policies, to give people the equipment that helps them decide how to vote, in my case, possibly through weakness, uh, I just find that if I've cast a vote, I have this tendency to defend it, to defend this affiliation, this declaration I've made uh, in favor of a particular person or a particular political tribe. And I just I find that it gets in the way. I have better perspective if I personally uh, don't do it. Uh, this isn't a rule of, of our profession. Newspaper men are not told that they can't vote. Um, the ballot is obviously secret, yeah. uh, so you know you don't have to tell anybody how you voted. Uh, we have that we have that very useful rule in place. Uh, so it's a personal. It's almost. It's a, really a psychological thing for me, and um, I just. I guess I wanted to explain it because I found myself saying quite often, "Well, no, I didn't vote last time. I didn't vote in the civic election. I didn't vote in the Alberta election," and people are looking for. Uh, people are puzzled by that. They're startled by it, and they're looking for a reason why. So mostly I just wanted to put it on the record. Right. 
So, I mean, it's not that you've you've assessed those who are running and decided that it's none of the above, that this is a decision you've kind of made ahead of time. Yes, and uh, it's, I, I guess I would say that I form preferences. I can, you know, picture ways in which I would go vote. Somehow the act of going to vote, the act of actually choosing somebody, uh, again, for me, tends to get in the way. It tends to be like a bet. If you bet on a certain sports team or whatever, you're going to, uh, your uh, objective assessment of that team going forward is going to be a little bit different. Um, and it's, you know, it, it gets in the way. It interferes. It creates a, a psychological challenge. And there's already plenty of psychological challenges trying to keep politics straight as an observer and writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's, it's one less thing for me to deal with. So maybe were you in a different profession, you would have a different view. Yeah, absolutely. If I come to the, you know, if it comes to a pass, if, the, if that terrible day comes when I have to find a different kind of uh, <laughs> career or profession, I will be perfectly comfortable voting. I was, uh, you know, I, have, I voted in the window before I was uh, a full-time newspaper columnist, and it took me some time to arrive at the conclusion that, yes, this was something that was happening in my head when I would go cast a vote. It influenced me going forward. It's really uh, a part, it's partly a, a function, I guess, of my position as a columnist, as somebody who is really uh, a pure opinionator, uh, somebody whose job is... Uh, it's a fancy way to put it, but it is mostly an intellectual job as opposed to a reporting job, as opposed to just providing a stream of facts for the reader. Uh, so, uh, you know, as you sort of ascend in newspapering and get to that level, um, I, I find that it's probably more useful. But, you know, if I were to, if I were to lose my job tomorrow and, and become a street sweeper, I would be totally comfortable voting. Uh, this is not something I necessarily recommend. Uh, to anybody else, but I did want to provide a, a little defense of it, an explanation of, of why I think that way. Yeah, and I mean, this, it's also a defense, though, of, of the right to not vote, and, and that's part of the argument you're making, because there are people who, you know, either is as a form of protest or maybe just as, as a way of saying none of the above, I mean, there are people who, who choose not to vote, and you believe that that, that, should be, uh, that should be someone's right. Yes, and I believe in particular in the right to be ignorant or indifferent, and to um, follow through on that by not voting. Uh, I wouldn't say that that's my situation. Uh, I do, I am, uh, I'm a little bit indifferent in the sense that I don't feel, I would vote if I felt that there was terrible urgency uh, to voting, if I felt that there were extremes that were threatening to our civilization, our economy in a very serious way, then yes, I would go out to the polls. You know, I, I will go to the polls to vote against Hitler. I don't have a, right. a problem with that. My position is not so firm or absolute that uh, I would let that stop me. But we live in a very peaceful society where the, the margins of political debate have become encompassed in, inside fairly tight limits. Um, there's really not a lot of uh, danger or enormous uh, stakes by historical standards in our elections. And I think we can be comfortable with that. It's a perfectly reasonable thing for an ordinary person to decide, well, yeah, I am indifferent uh, about uh, who, wins the ele- who, who wins the election. Any party that is likely to win my local seat in the Assembly or the Parliament is, you know, I'm not going to be upset with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also fine, I think, for people to just say, my life doesn't involve politics. Um, you know, this, I'm, I'm at the mercy of the state like everybody else, but I don't know enough about it to make an informed choice. I don't follow it closely enough. Um, 
that's a privilege that other people may choose to exercise, uh, I'll stay home. I'm, you know, I, I just don't have the time. I think those are all perfectly reasonable positions. I'm very much against mandatory voting. And I don't really understand the people who are telling me, you know, some of the people who I'm corresponding with now are telling me, well, you should go to the poll and then spoil your ballot intentionally. Uh, cast a cast a no vote, which is uh, an option that, um, which is an option that's provided to us in elections. But I don't really see the, I don't really see the particular point of that. Nobody's been able to articulate the purpose of it uh, very well to me. Right. I mean, you could print off your column, fold it up, and and shove it in the ballot box. <laughs> see, I didn't think of that. That may be what I do next time. You should. Um, you know, yeah, I've often seen you, you know, refer to um, the so-called turnout nerds, you know, people who, who <laughs> really get worked up about what the uh, what the electoral turnout is. I mean, at, at what point should we be concerned or, or should we celebrate it? Does the number ultimately really matter, whether it's 30 percent or 80 percent? Well, it's interesting. I mean, turnout seems to increase in elections that people perceive as high stakes, elections where there is a lot of stake or... Uh, the future of the country is involved, um, or one party or the other is regarded as particularly dangerous by a lot of people. In that sense, it seems like the obvious logical corollary of this is that lower turnout is better. People feel safe. People feel comfortable with any government that is likely to emerge from the election. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that sense, I, I think the turnout nerds have sort of the wrong end of the stick of seeing higher turnout is a terrific thing. Probably some of them are a little bit disappointed with the high turnout election we just had that returned an enormous number of conservative MLAs, um, partly because I think, indeed, people thought that uh, the NDP was a menace, that its time was up, that they much preferred to get rid of it. Um, you know, uh, we, <laughs> I wonder if we'll see some of those more left-wing or NDP-friendly turnout nerds uh, sort of uh, waving their banners and saying, yes, this is terrific, good job, Alberta. Mm -hmm. Now, I should add the caveat that turnout was intentionally expanded by uh, the government uh, this time uh, through relaxation of the residency requirements. They opened new advanced polling options. They allowed people to vote out of their electoral districts. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with the higher turnout as well. It's interesting because I'm I'm not one who advocates for electoral reform. I'm I'm comfortable with our status quo, but at the same time, and one of the, the reasons why I contemplated not voting is because, like, I felt like I knew it wouldn't matter. I was in a riding where I knew that the UCP candidate was going to win handily. The UCP candidate did win handily, uh, and so it felt either way. If I do vote for that person, don't for that for that person, don't vote at all. It's not going to make a, a difference. And I mean, is that one of the reasons maybe why people are are cynical about voting? That might might obviously be one of the reasons. Well, depending people, where they are. People, people are right to think that their individual vote won't make a difference. But, of course, there's a question of which party has more moral energy, which party is better at getting out the vote and persuading people to uh, take that step. So in that sense, there's a certain metric of moral intensity or whatever that becomes useful. You, you can't really... I'm not in favor of uh, an individual acting as though his vote won't matter. If you feel... If you feel that you have a preference, you should go exercise it. Um, and if, if you're confident in that preference and you think it makes a genuine difference, you should exercise it. Um, so in that sense, I'm, I, you know, I, in that sense, I would agree with what a turnout nerd had to say about it. Uh, you should be careful. I think we've learned over the years to be careful in assuming what will happen or assuming we know what will happen even in the 
in, you know, in all but the very safest ridings in a Canadian election. We know that uh, wild, weird things can happen. And so I would never uh, suggest that we have, you know, I would never suggest being overconfident or assuming you know what your neighbors will do. Uh, if if you do want, if if it is important for you to have your voice heard, absolutely get to the poll. Absolutely go do it. You know, don't uh, don't uh, slack and assume that you know what's going to happen or that uh, act as though it's uh, foredestined. But you don't that, buy it. Yeah. word. I'm not sure foredestined is a right. word. <laughs> but in terms of arguments for changing our electoral system, the idea that people should feel like their vote counts and they're more likely to vote, and that's a reason for changing the system. You, you don't buy that as a reason. No, I think all those arguments are, are pretty stupid. I mean, uh, your vote's going to have the same weight against those of your fellows, no matter how we organize the electoral system. Uh, there's really no way around that. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.